We two-star podcast, we are great. Spreading love, denouncing hate. Our listenership is very few, but we love every one of you. Even Pooh Man! one more thing I have to say, intended in a hopeful way. Cold Brew Hipster, please be my friend. I'm sorry I called you a ballet. So episode 104 was a bit of a write-off. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we were in Nottingham this weekend, last weekend. Mm-hmm. Saturday did not go as planned, I think it's fair to say. Well, I mean, in that we didn't do a podcast. Well, I feel like doing anything other than just kind of lying around on the sofa in crippling pain, trying not to die, was my plan. Ah, uh, so you had a different plan to me. I mean, that went exactly... You see, I, I feel very much that Saturday did not go according to plan because Friday did go according to plan. Yes. Yeah. And as a consequence, we felt that, especially given the nature of episode 103, that attempting to record episode 104 in the state we were in would be a disservice to everybody. Oh, okay, yeah, that's really why it's 105, I see. Right, we're, yeah. we're missing some out. Very clever. We are, we are retiring episode 104, like what they do with like basketball players when like somebody really great uh, retires. You mean jerseys? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no. I. Yeah. I didn't mean they actually retire the, the basketball player mm. in a kind of possibly murdery, like putting them down, oh, dead right. horse kind of way. Um, like, sorry, you can no longer play basketball. We're going to put a nail gun to your head and. Like we were going to uh, retire Daniel in the bin. Yes, uh, but that again was another thing that didn't happen because of the state everybody was in. Mm. Um, and, I mean, I think, to be fair, if we had done it, then uh, you and Graham wouldn't have had the uh, the pleasure that you seemingly had after I left on Sunday. Yeah. Are we going to tell people? I'm not. It's a secret. I mean, that's very much up to you. I wasn't there. I don't feel like I can uh, provide any useful context. Oh, well, I mean, not that much context. Um, the toilet gave up after a weekend of solid abuse. Um, we tried to clean it out. We did the trick with um, the hot water and, and the washing up liquid, and it didn't budge it. Uh, we frantically searched the flat and um, were looking for a plunger, and there wasn't one. So we quickly nipped out to a hardware store, bought a plunger, plunged it, and then left the plunger in the flat as a mysterious gift for our hosts. Yeah, this is a this is a piece of advice I've never heard before. But uh, but Graham's car told it to us as well. Is that um, I think it's a prank left over from say April Fool's Day that someone did at Google. That you say, oh, I need to buy a plunger, and it says, ah, if your toilet's blocked, then fill it up with boiling water and um, washing up liquid. And I wonder how many people have ended up with a really messy foam party because of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that would be that would be quite a horrendous experience, I would imagine. Just as Daniel was pouring the water in, I just had this this image of the the bowl cracking because of the heat. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> um, well, that would have been a, certainly something to to put on the um, Airbnb review. Yeah. Yes. Well, we didn't. Um, we, we sent them a nice. 
a nice review and they sent us a really nice one back. So clearly when they came back, they hadn't discovered our horrific crimes, um, which is a good thing. And it seemed, given we cleaned everything up perfectly, it seemed the best way to leave things. Excellent. So um, this week, or I say this week, it obviously not been that long since uh, Sunday. Um, is everyone uh, back up to normal? Uh, yep. Have you recovered? Yeah, pretty much. I did have Monday off, which helped. Was that planned? Yep. Okay. Oh, that's all right then. Yeah, no, I, um, I was thinking that would, that would have been bad. Yeah. Uh, I was I was very tempted because I am very tired and would quite like to go to bed. Um, but I have, uh, I'm more professional than that. Excellent. So has anybody got anything in terms of like stuff that gets podcasted? I have one thing, um, and it's all right, but I'm not sure how much to talk about it. But um, basically, Southern Rail, in the possibly most hated rail franchise in the UK... Had- Which is, I mean, that's... It's a hotly contested competition. It is, but they've actually hit on something quite good, in that <laughs> they've turned over their Twitter accounts to a 15-year-old work experience kid. Okay. Is this intentional, or did they just like leave the password on a post-it note on the notice board? No, this chap's called Eddie, and he's um, the, the normal dude. Apparently, is called Neil. Is occasionally jumping back on and actually posting useful information about trains. But um, yeah, it it seems to have deflected quite a lot of the hatred because most people are like, "Oh, Eddie, you're you're in for such a rough day," or or asking him silly questions like. Um, how come horses can poo, run, poo and run at the same time, but humans can't? Asking for a friend. Um, and he's generally got some, some pretty good bands. Or I say pretty good bands for a 15-year-old. Um, so the, would you rather be a ghost or an alien? Uh, a ghost, because you can turn invisible, which would be pretty cool. Um, what if you were an alien like Predator? The chicken Predator could turn invisible. Mm. His logic is rubbish. Well, but the the option wasn't predator or a ghost. It was um, something else or a ghost. Well, predator. Well, predator's a subset of alien, isn't it? Yes. Pred- I mean, the predator is an alien. Yeah. That is unquestionably true. Mm. Yeah. I mean, how do you he know? Also- how do you know this is really true and not just a trick? I don't. It could possibly be a trick, but. Um, Have you seen a picture of it? He does seem remarkably. Like coherent for a fifteen-year-old, but uh... I mean, fifteen-year-olds are like you know literate. They can they can write and speak in full sentences. Yeah, but they have a varied vocabulary. Mm. Yeah, but again, it's it's pretty good. You know, given the general standard of what people post on Twitter, it's um, it's pretty good. So, how long has he been doing this for? I think just a day. Right, so I'm assuming that by tomorrow morning he will have posted something racist. One would assume so. I mean, he has admitted to being a West Ham fan, which isn't, you know, quite... That isn't racism. I mean, like, it it may not be something that you would normally admit to in public, but it's it's. I'm pretty sure that doesn't just make you racist because you're a West Ham fan. Mm, no. Um, but apart from that, no, he's been um, he's been very diplomatic, so... Uh, well, my concern is that they've got somebody screening his tweets, which means he won't say something racist. Oh, yeah. It's- I, I say I say concern. Like, I don't mean that in the sense of I really want him to say something racist. I just feel that they're stifling his freedom of expression, uh, and that's something that should be opposed. 
Yes. No, there is clearly this dude, Neil, who is sort of sitting in the background and, and jumping in at times. So I'm quite sure he's asking to press go whenever he has to pr- press send. But uh, yeah, well, in all, it's um, it seems like reasonably effective PR on the part of Southern. And, and so long as they can keep him from saying something grossly racist or horrible to the customers, um, seems like they'll have played this quite well. A whole day of people not roundly abusing their Twitter accounts, as is normally the case. I can tell you that story. That that wasn't any uh, judgment on you. I'm just yawning because I'm very tired. Oh, because I haven't slept since Saturday because uh, Graham snores like a buzzsaw. (laughs) Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Um, And I really should have thought of that, but I didn't. And then I went to sleep on the sofa and Chris was snoring too. And I thought I'm not going to sleep in the hall because that's just an omission of defeat. Yeah, if it's any consolation, I snore really loudly too, so you... Yeah, yeah, no, I could hear you from the living room. So, like, it was very much a case of I didn't have any options to me that, like, Chris was the least snorry of the three. Yeah, I'm the best again. I'm the... Yes. Well, you you snored relatively quietly and would periodically stop. Yeah, (laughs) that's when I died. I think... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was... I did just kind of go and check he was still breathing. It was fine, so. Yeah. Um, on the subject of um, terrible PR, yep. um, Donald Trump Jr., very much the mini-Trump. Now, Adam, um, are you going to do, do this in a funny way? I don't voice? know if anybody saw his uh, weekend activities. Um, obviously, we were out of touch, but he was uh, a very busy man. Uh, he gave an interview uh, in the US where he said, I mean, I did technically meet with uh, a lawyer who was linked to the Russian government because she promised to give me some dirt on Hillary Clinton, um, but she didn't, so it's not collusion. Mm. Which is an interesting legal gambit, um, especially when he, this afternoon... Uh, has posted the full text of the email conversation that he had regarding this meeting, in which he pretty much has the conversation with the guy, uh, Trump's guy who's setting it up, of, is this person going to provide us with information that would allow us to win the election? Yes, it's very much part of Russia's strategy to help us win the election. Excellent. Let's have a meeting with her. Let's set it up at Trump Tower, and she can give us a lot of information that will help us win the election. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and his argument is still, but she didn't, so it's all okay. Yeah, I think I was most impressed with all the despairing tweets from journalists who was basically like, I spent a year trying to uncover this. I thought it would be super top, se- top secret, and the fuckers just tweeted it out like it's no big thing. Yeah, I, I can only like there. There are two possibilities. One of which is he is unimaginably stupid. Like even on the scale of what you expect from the current Trump presidency, right? Mm-hmm. Like unbelievably stupid. Yeah. The other possibility is that he genuinely believes that he hasn't done anything wrong and that posting this stuff will exonerate him. I mean, there is a third possibility. It's that he's pretty certain he's basically above prosecution and just doesn't care at this point. Well, yeah, but you see, that doesn't really hold up because, like, 
generally uh, that would kind of uh, that would pretty much fall into category A because generally if you reckon that you've got away with doing a crime, mm. it is rare that you will publicly announce evidence of you having committed the crime. Mm, I suppose, but even if you reckon you'll probably get away with it, most people aren't stupid enough to, you know, provide more evidence that they did it. I mean, what what is what's he really done wrong? I mean, what's the problem here? Why are you getting so so arty about it? I mean, he just said he'd meet with a lawyer. I mean, what's so what? Well, I mean, like I said, it's fine because she didn't actually provide him with any incriminating information, so it's all cool. Well, yeah, but... you know, we all like a bit of gossip, right? If some if some Russian guy on the internet sent me an email and said, "Oh, I've got some really embarrassing stuff about Graham. It's really saucy. Do you want to hear it?" Definitely say yes. So, I mean, on the one hand, that's that's understandable. On the other hand, to my knowledge, and do please correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know all of your day-to-day activities, you're not part of a presidential campaign team? Nope. No, but I, I mean, if if they even if they had have got evidence against Hillary Clinton, then well, shouldn't people know? Right, if she was if she was being naughty, then shouldn't Shouldn't the people know about that? Basically, Donald Trump Jr., he's a hero. Donald Trump Jr. But you can also make an argument that if you commit a crime in order to obtain information that you then release going, well, it's totally in the public interest, you still committed the crime. Yeah. So the crime is to find out what what naughty things she'd done that... Why? Why is that a crime? He's like a journalist. He's like an investigative journalist. I mean, in many respects, he is. Yes. Also, in other respects, he isn't. That's insightful, Adam. That that really is. I mean, that's that's what you you pay me for. Mm. You're worth every penny. But I mean, I, what's what's the problem, really? I mean, why? You know, and he's been so open and honest about it right from the start. As soon as someone asked him, he well, I mean, I mean, to be fair, like he did originally say that he didn't do it, and he didn't have a meeting with any Russians. And then, then he said that he did have a meeting with some Russians, but it was all like above board and like legit. And then he said he did have a meeting with some Russians, but it was to try and get blackmail material for Hillary on Hillary Clinton. And then he like said that actually uh, here's this email in which I clearly imply that the or it is clearly implied by the guy that I'm talking to who's part of the Trump campaign that Russia is interested in doing this in order to influence the outcome of our election. Mm. So at that point, yes, he's been very transparent to an almost unbelievably stupid degree, but I'm not sure that necessarily is a good thing. So first, you, From his point first of view, you're anyway. having a go at him for not telling you everything. Now you're having a go at him for telling you everything. I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm a massive hypocrite. You're just trying to mm. pick holes and, and just, you know, what's, what's so what? I mean, look, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I don't have an agenda here. 
you know. Yeah. Uh, I think the other Trump news. I mean, he also lined um, his security clearance forms about all of this, which is in itself a crime. Um, yeah. And there's documentary evidence of it, so that'll be fun. I think you're just looking for, for fault now. I think you're real nitpickers. Well, possibly. I mean, I'm I'm tired and grumpy, so I think the more the more shocking news was where um uh Donald Trump couldn't be asked to to do something at the G twenty, so he got his daughter to do it instead. Yeah, that was pretty impressive as well. But that does seem to be so. Um, it's yeah. To, to be fair, though, I mean, like, it's really hard work being a president. Mm. Like, they meet you go to all these meetings, and you got to travel all these places, so and then, yeah, like they're constantly asking you questions, and they want you to have discussions about things, and there's all these pages of documents you got to read. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing I found quite funny was where uh, Donald Trump said, oh, well, nobody would make a fuss if Hillary Clinton had asked Chelsea to sit in at a meeting for her. <laughs> and yes. you think, yeah, people would have made a fuss. You'd have made a massive yeah, and, fuss. And also, that that probably wouldn't have happened because she'd have gone, this would be a really stupid thing for me to do. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's good to know that, it, you know, of all the governments, ours is... Probably only the second worst, and maybe the Venezuelan government is worse. So we we could be. Oh, I mean, there are definitely worse governments. Mm. I mean, that's. I, th- I think it's difficult to to argue that the American government is the worst government in kind of general terms when you've got you know people like Venezuela and uh, you know the Philippines. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've forgotten about them. Yeah, so we've yeah, did, did, I mean, like, you know, one of Trump's pals, you know, Duterte. Hmm. Um, you know, who he told about all those submarines that were going to Korea yeah. for some reason. Yeah, didn't he basically confess to having personally shot some drug dealers recently? Uh, I mean, like, repeatedly. He's proud of the fact that he has murdered a lot of drug dealers. Uh, that's how he got elected in the first place. Oh, no, I, th- I thought he just actively encouraged that. I didn't think he'd admitted to getting his hand. Oh, no, no, like, yeah, yeah, he's... he's like when when he was um, like uh, I think it was mayor or governor of like a town or or small province, and he basically solved their drug problem by essentially going around with death squads and murdering all the drug dealers. Hmm. I mean, you can see why he's popular. Can do go getting kind of guy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he he does what he promises. Yes. Like they've you know they've really reduced the. Uh, the drug problem in the Philippines by killing anybody that has drugs. Yes, and quite a lot of people that don't as well. Yeah, but you know, I mean, you're always going to get false positives. Yeah, it's an inevitable consequence. You know. Um, and yeah, Venezuela's not not particularly great either. Um, but the thing about the the, uh, the American government is that, on the whole, it's much less actually depressing because it's also kind of sort of amusing in a car crashy sort of way to watch, whereas the other ones are just actually horrific and need to be stopped immediately because they are massive human rights violations. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's kind of the bigger deal. Whereas with Trump, you can go, ha, oh, Trump, look at his hair and his son and his stupid things that he says. Uh, uh. 
True. and kind of mask the despair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you've got to remember that Trump has unmitigated control over the world's largest nuclear arsenal, so it's not that funny. <sighs> but on the other hand, I suppose if he decides to nuke somewhere, we'll be dead in, like, half an hour. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a much kind of more rapid end to everything rather than just sort of slowly, miserably, everything falling apart. Yeah. Um, Chris, please save us with something cheerful. Okay. Um, I've got one for you. Mm-hmm. You know how uh, Facebook thinks I'm gay, along with yes, along oh, with yeah, most yeah. people who've ever met me, including my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. now iTunes thinks I'm gay as well. Oh, excellent. So what has what has led to this and how has it manifested? Well, I was downloading podcasts ready to listen to on the way to Nottingham and uh, it seemingly, apropos of nothing, it just said, uh, this is the podcast for you and it was called Going Gay, A Beginner's Guide. And uh, I thought, oh... I wonder why I wonder why you think this. And the podcasts I was downloading were learning Greek. Um so I don't really get the oh, connection. Mm. So I don't know whether they've yeah. been listening to Facebook. Um and they know and they think, ah <laughs> he says he wants to learn Greek. I I think he's I think he just like some of their ancient literature on um, men. I don't know. I presume you you mean that Facebook thinks you like ancient Greek practices such as, you know, rampant bumming. Well, I, um, I, I think that if I was iTunes, then that might be a link I would make. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, because iTunes has, in some respects, met you, if you like. Yeah, I mean, I did. Um, uh, I did post that picture of uh, that very early dick pic that uh, that I. I mean, there's also all the times you've visited RateMyDick.com and avidly rated people's dicks. Um... Well, it's dot it's dot net actually. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. There's Dan there just casually trying to pretend like he doesn't know. Mm. I hope you realise at this point I don't listen to the podcast, so I genuinely don't know. I mean, we're well aware of that fact. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's another... So, are you, are you planning to take any action regarding this? Well, I, I took their advice. I, uh, I downloaded all the episodes. I've listened to half of them. It's quite good. And... Uh, okay. It's not. It's not really as instructive as I thought. Does it, does it feel thought. particularly, uh, <laughs> particularly gay? Uh, well, I think it's quite. It's quite an interesting podcast. I think it's good for. Um, it's good for people who want to be allies of the LGBTQ community. So I'm all for that, mm-hmm. and uh, found it quite entertaining, quite quite interesting, quite thought provoking. It's less. Uh, it's less sort of procedural than I thought it might be. I thought it might be like okay. step one. Um, I don't know even what step one would be. 
get a get a boyfriend. That's probably step one, isn't it? That's, I mean, that's quite an important step, I think. Yeah, yeah possibly a bit early for that, but um, yeah. Well, there's not that much kind of prep work. I guess, I guess, yeah, there are probably things you could do, but I'm not really an authority on the matter. I mean, I'll be honest, attempting, you know, the whole get a girlfriend step is proving more complicated than my initial project plan laid out. So uh, <laughs> perhaps get a boyfriend is similar. Please tell me you have an actual project plan. Well, yeah, but it's much like that one step, step one, get a girlfriend. I mean, I suppose there's step 0.5, which is like use Bumble, but... Um, Typical project manager cannot keep to any of his own deadlines. No, I can't. It's it's quite upsetting, you know, striking at me professionally and personally. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought this up, Dan, because uh, I would like to live vicariously through you um, as a as an old married man um, who who apparently is uh, is secretly gay. Uh, I've missed out on. It's not a very secret. At it's not, this it's point. increasingly unsecret. Um, yeah. I'm still, I, I still would half-heartedly dispute it. Um, but if presented with all of the evidence, then increasingly I, I will, couldn't really keep denying it, could I? But, no. no. But anyway, Daniel, um, because of uh, my age and um, possibly possibly my sexuality uh i i can't really enjoy the the new wonderful worlds that are open to you as uh, as a single man in london with a supercomputer in his pocket so i didn't hear the first i'm afraid tell us about your your high tech dating so i mean it's not that high tech basically it's a an app and people sign up for it and like post their pictures and a bit about them um, and you flick through it and you look at someone's picture in their quick description and if you like them, you swipe left to right and if you don't, you swipe right to left. Uh, and then if both of you see each other's picture and do the like thing, uh, she gets the chance to message me and then if she does, we go on a date. Right. Well, you've made it sound less exciting than it actually is because we were on the train on the way back on Sunday and I said, what are you planning to mm. do on Monday? And you just said, oh, I'm going to yeah. hook up with some random bird off the internet. I mean, I said I was going to go on a date, and I did. And she was very nice, but again, there was no chemistry. Oh, okay. So no, no promises were broken. I, I did do something exciting and datey, but uh, yeah. Okay, that's good. What, what date did you go on? We went to a... Um, which you call them, one of those pop-up markets in Brixton, which is like super trendy. Um, Isn't that all of the markets in Brixton? No, it's it's specifically what it's like a how to describe it. It's like a fort made out of shipping containers, except the shipping containers aren't um, aren't are full of shops and um, food places and bars and stuff. Oh uh, yeah. Sounds like a sort of like post-apocalyptic wasteland settlement. Oh yeah, you could absolutely if if everyone was doing like a Fallout cosplay or something, you could absolutely believe it was post-apocalyptic um, because it you know it, it is like a, a U of um, of shipping containers with a kind of megaton style gate. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, 
And so you wander in and there's like a, a communal area in the middle and then another couple of shipping containers in the middle that make effectively a little corridor and they've got more um, things in them. And then there's people growing stuff in the polytunnel on top of that. Um, yeah, so it, it it's quite post-apocalyptic. If you ever wanted to sort of film a Fallout film, you'd, um, you'd use there as one of the... Um, one of the places. Can I um can I, I give you some feedback on your your date choice? Yeah. I think it was quite a good move to go somewhere that is effectively a great big metal maze because uh yeah, she's sort of then compelled to stay with you until you you guide her out of it. That's uh Yeah. That was that was a good move. Um it sounds to me, if if I went on that day, I would be thinking, oh, he's, he wants me to do a lot of walking around a market. Well, no, because we sat down. We we found one of the bars, and there was um, benches and tables, and so we sat on the bench and tables, drank for a bit, then got a fried chicken burger. It was very nice, and um, ate that, and sat down again. All right, it sounds like, actually, that does sound nice. Now I know there's food and yeah. sitting. Um, hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that sounds like a that sounds like a good date. Um, yep. No chemistry. No. Also, she smoked, and I'm really not into that. Okay. But why was she free to go with on a date with you on a on a Monday afternoon? Sorry? You don't know. What's her job? Uh, she runs events for. Um, how'd she describe it? Like. Agricultural st- uh, conservation organisations in London. Oh so no! If, uh, this is another one of these extremists that are trying to trying to doctrinate you. I mean, she didn't come across as particularly extreme. Just, you know, we didn't talk about work much. I mean, it sounds much more like she's one of those people who just profiteers off extremists. I think so. By running events for them. Yeah. If she was an extremist, she kept it very well concealed. Okay, so then that that didn't work out. But the amazing, exciting thing is that well, you just look at your phone a bit more. Have you got Have you got dates lined up for the weekend? Uh, no, what am I doing at the weekend? Uh, no, I'm going to the Chapel Olympiad on Saturday, and then I'm going to a. My friend is organising a. Uh, wine tasting uh, competition but not a serious competition just to come around and drink wine and t- try and work out what it is uh, and then I'm playing cricket on Sunday you say wine tasting competition is this a is this a wine drinking competition like the more you drink I think that's probably a more accurate way of describing yeah. it yes okay well I mean whilst you're there you can just get the phone out and Flick on through. I'm going to do some more flicking on through tonight. So yeah, it's, um, you do that every possible. night. That's no. What that's... a time to be alive! I mean, it really is a time to be alive. To be honest. Yeah. No, that's exactly my point. Is that what? Mm. What an amazing technology. Yep. Um. But the search continues. The search indeed continues. Yeah. I mean, what you know? Say, I were to be interested in in 
setting you up, um, tricking you. Say I wanted to trick you on a date and set up a fake profile. What would you What would you be looking for? Um, hipster, bit of a beard. Well, no, clearly because I'm I'm not nearly as gay as Chris. Um, beard. I mean, who is? So, well, quite. Um, uh, but yeah, hipsterish tendencies are fun. Likes interesting things. I don't know. But Daniel, I like interesting things. Um, well, but, but you know that's not true, Chris. You, you like like trains and chickens. Trains are interesting. Well, you say that, and I understand that you think that way. But um, but no. We we sort of had a lovely date on the way home, didn't we? Because we got. We, we got a train back together. And um yep. yeah. I think you could have you could have improved your chances with me um if you had um well you couldn't send me a dick pic because my phone isn't clever enough but you could have put a dick pic on your phone and then shown me your phone. Um, I mean, I think I think what would work better would be to sort of do you a a sort of Dick Askey pick. What's that? Um, and then text that to your phone. That presumably would have been more arousing for you. I would have thought. Oh, what? You that's know, like a thing you do with like the the symbols. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, you could have done that, but you didn't. Hmm. I didn't because I didn't want to. No. And also, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd like to be updated in your uh, your dating adventures. Well, I, I'll kind of update you if I actually meet someone I like and that likes me back. But um, yes. Okay. Unfortunately, dating in that London appears to involve a reasonable number of misses for a fairly small number of hits. Well, maybe. I mean, I think that's just, that's how, like, generally dating works. Yeah, which is fair. So, um... I mean, did you... Yeah. So this date you go on, is this your standard first date location? No, not at all. Um, I don't think I've done a first date in the same location. I generally just work out where they live and pick somewhere halfway between me and them. Oh, they tell you where they live. When you say you work (laughs) out where they live... Well, I work it out by asking, where do you live? That's that's more reasonable than what I was hoping you were going to say. Yeah, I mean, obviously I don't disclose the location of my, my like, trapped girl's shed or anything like that. Um, that's, like, fifth date territory, but, um, yes. No, I don't, I don't start talking them and stalking them until, like, well, I haven't started stalking any of them yet, but, you know, it's just none of them have quite felt like they've deserved it. I mean, what what's been a really helpful thing we've done on this podcast is sort of like peer support in terms of um uh role play in order to get people better at things so we did the role play well before i was involved there was the role play with graham to learn how to talk to his neighbor and make friends and we did the really helpful role play for me to do a job interview and it must have worked well because I got the job. Uh, so maybe we could do a role play where we go on a date. Oh dear. Has he copped out? No, I'm here. 
Well, I don't know what that noise... Oh, no, he's well, back. Who's, then who's running a sewing machine in the background? Uh, that'd be my washing machine. Right. You, you really are not making my fucking life easy here with this, you know. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I was expecting it to be done by now, but it, it's still chugging on for no particular reason. So what... Very much like this podcast. What, what do you yep. think about this helping you doing roleplay? I can't help but feel this is in some way part of your gen- general project to seduce me, and thus I'm not going to go for it. Oh. Well, I think I think you're missing a trick there. I think I could. It would be really helpful. I mean, given that I'm kind of the expert in the room on dating at the moment, and that neither of you have been on a date in not sure how long. Um, well, look, mate, our strike rates are, are pretty good. In terms of terms of dating, yeah, but your wife thinks you're gay. Well, yeah, but she she doesn't mind. Blatantly just so despite yeah, that, like, she she married. She still married him. Yeah. Well, yeah, but presumably, like for his money or his passport or something. Well, she's got her own passport, and <laughs> she's got her own money. That doesn't mean she doesn't want to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why she married me. It's a bit baffling, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's that kind of insight that I'm keen not to gain. Yeah, but there's the something... There must be something... There must be something alluring about me as to why... Why... As I say, I'm, I'm fairly certain it's money or passport. Um, you know, it, it's possible she's a secret Russian agent or something. Oh, it's possible, well, isn't it? They're everywhere these days. And you just accidentally end up meeting them. Because I mean, by now, if she was a, do you think she's a like a like a sleeper cell? Yeah. Okay. At some point, she's going to sort of wake up with an assault rifle and um, go and murder, uh, I don't know, Nigel Farage or something. I. This isn't about me. This is about you, Dan, and helping you. And if Graham was here, I'm finding this we, he would he would agree. Mm, I don't think he would. He's quite disagreeable. He would. Now, oh, well, then he very much would agree. Well, but that's really undermining your case, isn't it? He's a notorious source of bad ideas. <sighs> oh, look, I th- I think that we could really help this process. Right? You haven't accepted our help, and um, you're still in the in the early stages. Maybe not even stage one in your one stage plan so I think we can I think we can help we we can help you Daniel I mean you say that but you were threatening to put me in the bin all over the weekend and you didn't accomplish that so I'm, I'm sceptical on, on, on both your motives and your ability to deliver well, we were we were going to put you in a bin with a very attractive young man which in a way, would have been a very intense first date experience. Um, so, so again, sceptical on motive and ability to deliver because neither of those things happened. Well, I think we drank too much gin and then um, we were we were tired. I mean, you can, you can offer up all the excuses that you want, Chris, but it, if you had the the right kind of can-do, go-getting attitude. I'd, I'd have been in that bin with this allegedly attractive man, but how do you know? How do you know that you didn't go in a bin? You just can't remember it. 
because you'd be crowing about how you put me in the bin and you'd have photographic evidence. Maybe. Maybe. Well, yeah, but, but like, that would be that would be the obvious thing to do. But if we were clever about it, what we do is we'd keep it quiet and we'd make you think that we hadn't put you in a bin. Maybe the what? bin is a metaphor and you you're in it. Maybe just Maybe the real bin is friendship. Yeah, <laughs> this friendship in I mean, particular. I am, I am certainly in the friendship bin with you, so that that is unarguable. Um, I mean, to be fair, there were several pictures of Graham taken on Friday night that he has no recollection of. So yeah, but you actually have those photos. You um, you don't have any of me that you know of because we haven't shown them to you. Well, go on, show them. Well, no, because then I'd have shown them to you. You don't really get how this works, do you? Like, it doesn't work. If I show you the photos, then you know that it's real. Whereas now, we're just sowing doubt. It's like Schrodinger's bin. There's no, there's no way of knowing. At the moment, Dan, you're both in the bin and not in the bin. Until we open the bin and reveal the truth, you won't know whether you're in it or not. Yeah. What? No, I... I I'm, no. This, I mean, I'm deeply confused now. But um, you know, I still well, mission accomplished. I think uh, that's us done for the week. Chris. Going, I mean, getting put oh, in okay. a bin and not remembering it can be quite a confusing experience. So that makes sense. I can't believe I'm being gaslighted by you two. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, no, of course you don't, because you're gaslighting. I don't really know what gaslighting is. I but... take exception to being accused of these things. I don't really know what gaslighting means. Explain it to me. So gaslight, gaslighting um, is essentially causing people to question their own recollection of events, perception of reality, by not necessarily feeding them fake information, but treating them in such a way that they are no longer kind of sure whether or not they did do things or maybe it was their fault and maybe they did start it and, you know, this kind of thing. It's named after a film. Okay. Yes. I guess. Uh, yes. So a form of psychological abuse um, mm. named after the film Gaslight. Um, said essentially that the, the purpose of it is to make people question like their own recollection of events, their own kind of perception of what's going on, allow you to manipulate them by doing so. Okay, right. So, for example, on the basis that Dan never listens to the podcast um, and rarely has any recollection of what he actually said while he was doing it, Mm. um, we can essentially make up anything we like and tell Dan that he said it and it happened on the podcast. And as he won't go back and actually check the recordings... Um, he will then have to make a decision as to whether what we said on it is true or not. And if we do it enough, he might start to believe anything that we tell him about what happened on the podcast. I mean, it. your logic is only clouded by the fact that I am instinctively guided not to believe a word that you say. So um, you kind of need some form of evidence. Um, I mean, you say that, but, you know, maybe we are providing you with evidence. Yeah, but Dan, didn't not. you get all those pictures I sent of you in the bin? I did not. We put them up on the internet. Mm, but you didn't, did you? We did, and, and you saw them, and you were really up, you were really ashamed when you saw them, and uh, and then you drank lots of gin. 
I'll tell you what, resend them again and I'll I'll have a look at them. Maybe I'll feel differently this time. I'm not sure I'd want to send them again. I might um I might just want to recreate it. And you're welcome to try. But um that's what you said last time. Didn't yeah. end well. And then we did it, and then we Very sent you cool. pictures, and then you were embarrassed by it, and then you deleted the pictures, and now you've forgotten. Afraid not, Chris. Afraid not. Don't you remember, Graham, like, pointing out the bin as we went into the pub as a prelude? All I remember is putting Chris in the bin. Well, no, Chris didn't go in the bin. That would be stupid. Why would Chris go in a bin? Because I put him in there. Yeah, but you didn't, Dan, because, like, that would be really stupid. No. Chris wouldn't go in a bin. Why not? He's about bin size, isn't he? We're all about bin size if you don't if you don't have a fixed size of a bin. This is true. Bin is a very flexible size. There is no standard bin size, Dan. Well, but You're just talking nonsense now. There's a council wheelie bin that exists everywhere. So that's, I reckon, bin size. And Chris is about... I'm pretty sure there's no ISO bit standard for bins. Uh, ISO standard for bins. Uh, nope, there is no ISO standard for bins. So I'm afraid you're wrong. I'll tell you who isn't bin sized. And that is, uh, that's the lovely Dave from Birmingham. No, he is. Well, I mean, he's like sort of Dan bin sized. He's, he makes Dan look quite puny, which I enjoyed very much. You're wrong, sir. ISO TC297 governs waste management, recycling and road operation service. Yeah, but that's not like bin size. Yeah, it is. Standardisation of equipment for waste management, recycling, public cleaning and road operation. Taking into particular account technical and logistical aspects, drafting of international standards of products and procedures, as well as standards for blah, 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 blah. It exists. Once again, your writing has failed. My faith in uh, the ISO standards organisation has been restored. Uh, ISO is International Organisation for Standardisation, thus you cannot have the ISO standard... Uh, organization because that would be uh, not even properly recursive acronym no it would be a recursive acronym well it wouldn't it would have to be the ISO standards organization which would be really stupid no one would come with that yeah but the international organization of standards would be abbreviated IOS uh, no it isn't it's clearly a bro- uh, it's clearly uh, abbreviated or in fact is an acronym is acronymed to ISO is that acronym a verb? I feel like it shouldn't be. Acronymized. Uh, it, it probably, depending on how you define real words in the English language, it clearly is because you can verb any noun. Um, mm. in, but yes, the International Organization for Standardization is acronymed to ISO. Fair enough. I am. Um, I'm a bit bored by that. Excellent. So we've established I didn't go in the bin. Right, well, let's just assume that you didn't. We will continue to try, so... Uh... Okay, excellent. I look forward to it. Okay, well, somehow we've managed to drag this out to 50 minutes to start by not really having anything to talk about, so I call that a success. I mean, um, I'm not the one that has to edit it, so I will agree. Well, once I've edited it down to 15 minutes, it'll be top-notch. Excellent. Yeah, there was probably 15 minutes of worthwhile stuff in there, wasn't there? So, uh, any final thoughts? Um, yeah. everyone should do some more research on gaslighting it's surprisingly fun 
I, uh, I'd like to say, uh, on behalf of the podcast, how lovely it was to meet um, Dave from Birmingham. I thought it was really nice. Oh yeah, no, he's he's clearly um, surpassed Davrina in terms of the best listener. So I'm um, sorry, Davrina. Oh, I think that's a bit harsh. Uh, um, I would say he was just very nice, wasn't he? And he taught us lots of uh, lots of board games. Mm. Uh, it was really good. And uh, yeah, that was lovely. So, have you ordered your Librium set yet? No, I haven't. Poor form. Mm, I'm yeah. not. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh. Uh, I've seen some, oh dear, I've seen some distressing news. Okay, I'm threaten. No, distressing, not stressing. Yeah. I can't tell what Dorset Internet is trying to say. Yeah. No, that's it. It was good. I liked it. Cool. Oh, apparently there's another version of Librium where uh, instead of balancing on top of a can, you have to balance it off a thing that's hanging off on a um, on the wire. Okay. What, like from the ceiling? It sounds really hard. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm going to end this before this drags on any further because reasons. Um, reasons. So thank you for joining me, gentlemen. Um, well, I, uh, I bid you farewell and we shall reconvene uh, once more at this time next week. Excellent. Yeah. I look forward to it. Say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.